Hello, hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time, to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to children and play therapy, coming at those things from a child-centered perspective. And today on the podcast, I wanted to chat about the placebo effect, which is something that has always intrigued me. And before we get going, let's define what the placebo effect is to the degree that anyone really understands it. So on the podcast I recorded some ways back entitled something like valuing experience as much as research, I brought up the reproducibility crisis that is happening in psychology and also in other disciplines where, you know, in general, in academic journals, they like to publish original work. That helps them keep their journals exciting, which means that researchers also do original work so that they can get published and they can get prestige and blah, 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 which means that for a long period of time, not a lot of research was being reproduced. It was simply being taken as fact, and it turns out that somewhere around 60% of research in psychology cannot be reproduced, and that crisis is spreading to other disciplines, including hard sciences like chemistry and physics and biology. And it's definitely a fun internet rabbit hole to get sucked down if you ever feel like getting sucked down an interesting internet rabbit hole, but we're not going to go down that whole rabbit hole now. I just wanted to leave it at that there are so many things that research has found and then realized that, oof, maybe maybe we didn't actually gain much in our knowledge with this after all. Maybe we have to question a lot of the research we've been doing. But there is one area or one thing that has shown up as consistent in research time and time again, and that thing is the placebo effect. And what the placebo effect is, is that when they study things like pharmaceuticals, they give out to one group of people the actual drug that they're studying, and they give to another group of people a pill that doesn't have anything in it at all, and they tell both of the people that they're giving the pill to that this pill is effective and is going to help them with, you know, whatever the thing is that they came in with, say their depression. And then they find consistently that with the group of people with the pill that didn't have anything in it at all, that those people often report that their depression has gotten better, that they're feeling better since they started taking this pill. And so it's something that they have to factor into research and they try to find pills that do better than the placebo effect because the placebo effect is taken as a given. And so if someone takes something, if someone receives something, and they believe that that thing is going to help them, even if they do not make any other changes in their life, right? Like we're talking about people who it's not like they're going to therapy and starting exercise and doing meditation and blah, blah, blah. They're just taking this pill. Nothing in their life is different. But believing that it's going to help, having the person who's giving you the pill believe and hope that it's going to help. And then taking that pill every day as a ritual of I'm taking this pill to help with my depression, it turns out that that 
by itself is helpful. And I remember hearing about the placebo effect and having people talk to me about it like, you know, yeah, like aren't humans silly? They can convince themselves of this or, you know, they've even had right studies where people are told that a drink has alcohol in it and it doesn't. And then they report feeling drunk. But what what all of that is really pointing to is not that people are silly. At least for me, what that's pointing to is that there is so much power and potential in intention, in ritual, in believing that something is going to help, and having faith that something is going to help, and doing something active, even if it's just swallowing a pill, remembering to swallow a pill, and taking those seconds saying, I'm doing this for my own well-being, that that helps. And that's what's miraculous to me, and that's something that feels important for all of us to be aware of, that the intentions that you set for something matter, that the goal that you place on something matters. And so to take it to the level of therapy, I believe with my entire heart that play is important in the development of the human spirit, and that helps make the play that I'm around, that I'm facilitating, that I'm conducting in a therapeutic fashion, it helps that play be exactly what I think it's going to be. It helps it be helpful. It helps people develop themselves. It's a place to unleash emotions, to work through narratives, to work through archetypes, to work through confidence, to work through all of the vastness of the human experience. I believe that that can be covered in play. And when I'm watching a child play, when I'm attuning, rather, to a child playing, I am holding that this is helpful for them as a human spirit, as a person on this planet, as someone navigating the complexities of the world, as someone who was coming into themselves as a person and developing and growing and discovering themselves in this world. I believe that that play is helpful, and so it is. And I don't mean to say in there that we should be disconnected from the reality of suffering or whether a child is maybe not doing well in our care and noticing that and noticing what we could be doing differently or if they need additional supports or if there are issues in the family system that we need to address. But I do want to make clear that it, it's simply holding that this is valuable and being able to recognize in what's being played out what the, say, the goal of the play is. If there's a lot of fear inside of the play, it could be developing safety. If there's anger inside of the play, it could be outletting some emotion and developing boundaries and regaining safety and security inside of the self and being able to assertively state needs or whatever that looks like. If it's sadness, it could be with tears and grief and watching the return to wholeness. Someone could just be building a tower and be so impressed with themselves, with the tower that they're building, and they're building some confidence and some love of their creative energy. There's so many different things that children play out in sessions, and we don't always have to get it exactly right inside of our minds. We also need to be open to the idea at all times that we don't totally understand what's happening here and being open to new information and not just believing that we have some concrete, solid foundation of what's happening, and at the same time, 
being connected to what is being played through, what is being healed, what is being developed, and holding it, and holding its development internally, that does have an effect on the therapy. Our focus in sessions has an effect on the therapy. The placebo effect is at its most effective if you're really believing that this thing is going to help. Because I don't believe that it is purely only the intention inside of a session that matters. But placing the intention on believing that it's helpful provides that solid foundation for the mystery and magic inside of the play itself to be helpful. And the same principle applies to all kinds of therapy, by the way. I'm, I'm talking most specifically about child-centered play therapy, but no matter what kind of therapy you're doing, holding in yourself that this is helpful and having a clear grasp of what the goals are, even if goals are, at least for me and my experience with children, they can be a little bit elusive, and I, I think it's okay for them to be loose. I on treatment plans or whatever, you have to be very specific in your goals, especially if you're uh, using insurance companies and whatnot to pay for sessions. But a goal of, say, having someone feel less flat and depressed, a goal of having a person develop self-efficacy and self-confidence and assertiveness, a goal of, say, emotional regulation... We can attempt to measure that in, say, outbursts or conflicts or all kinds of other things, but we're, we're talking about something a little bit more intangible than that, something that's inside of another person. If it's due to a constant overreactivity, we're talking about possibly some, some healing and developing and growth that occurs internally and makes it so that reaction doesn't just happen, happen, happen. There's less of a spot to hit, and that's perhaps measurable in external outcomes, it, there should be some correlation between the behavior someone has and how they're feeling inside. But when we're talking about the spot for growth, right, not just not just the, the after effects of, of not feeling great inside, but when we're talking about that place inside of a person, that's something that we can't even really see. But we can hold a vision for this child. And as we're working with them, we can have these moments where we see, and you could do this with a child in any setting, but you can have these moments where you see like, ooh, that was something different that they just displayed. Maybe they named how they're feeling in a really direct way, or maybe they engaged in some heart-centered, empathetic communication or comfort with a person that feels outside of the norm. You could say, that's really interesting. Or maybe they were courageous in doing something or in trying something. And, and those moments can be held as like, ah, this is what life could be like for you more of the time. And when someone is in that space where they just feel more expansive, either towards others or towards life or whatever, and we can feel that energy in them, we can know what that feels like in them when they're in a place of more comfort, when they're in a place where they're moving through life, when they're in a place when they're more connected to their surroundings and less reactive, and we can remember just the way that they felt and hold that inside of us when we see them and hold that as the thing. It's like that is what we're moving towards. And we can say that we are moving towards things like less tantrums, less anger, or whatever else, but 
what we're focused on is not all that external stuff that happens outside of the session. It's about what's happening right here, right now, and holding and remembering and keeping as the goal the way that that child feels when they're integrated, whole, curious, and full of joy. And even say when I am talking to a parent or when I first meet parents and I'm working with them, I think when I first started out, I always wanted parents to be connected to reality and I didn't want to oversell what I would be doing and and make promises that I couldn't keep. And I think I would sometimes perhaps undervalue the value of therapy or sometimes overvalue it. I think I was out of relationship with it a little bit and I didn't know how to express myself. What I've landed on now, and this may evolve, but when it comes up early on or when I'm doing an assessment, say given all of the the situation, the symptoms, the history, what's going on, and I make a point of expressing like I have full confidence based on what you've presented that therapy can be beneficial to your child and that it will be beneficial to your child rather that's a that's that's a more assertive way to say it and i don't think that's untrue cuz it is true it's authentic to me it's like i feel confident that i can help and that this will help them that this space will help them that i can facilitate something that will help them and i can connect with them in a way that will help them and being able to name it confidently helps them to believe in it too and now I'm believing in it and they're believing in it and if the child starts to believe in it then we're harnessing the power of the placebo effect on multiple levels and at this point I feel uncomfortable saying about the placebo effect that just talking about in this sort of sciency kind of way I think all of us are as human beings are well aware that the intention that we bring to something matters, that how much of ourselves we bring to something matters, that when we are invested in something, that that affects the outcome of whatever we're doing. We know the power of having, say, a positive attitude or a constructive attitude, the power of belief, the power of focus. Those are truths that we live with all the time. Our attention matters. And our attention is far more powerful than we likely even realize. And so even, say, working with parents, or if you are a parent, what you choose to focus on has an effect on the thing that you're focusing on. It can amplify it. So when I work with parents, I will often try to give them some things to focus on with their child that I think could be helpful to focus on with this placebo-like energy, like I'm going to ask for you to notice times this week where they were more emotionally vulnerable or times this week when they got escalated and took some space for themselves and calmed down and allowing them the opportunity to do that. I'd like to have you experiment with seeing what happens if you just let them make their own choices a little bit and notice the times when they're able to, to do things that maybe you thought that they weren't capable of doing or some you know it could be any number of things but the point there is that if we accept that our intentions are important if and we accept that our attention is important then it's helpful to have some things to pay attention to and that that can have a direct impact even just the noticing 
of something can have a direct impact on the development of that thing. And we can get all lost in this therapeutic world of like, oh, is play therapy the best or the most effective? Or is CBT the best or the most effective? Or maybe it's trauma-focused CBT, or maybe it's expressive arts, or maybe it's, you know, all these other mindfulness or, you know, any number of the other kinds of therapies are always being researched and placed against each other. And since we're aware that we can't really trust the research all that well anyway, and what that whole discussion is missing is the power of attention and is the power of the placebo effect, which is something that we know is a thing that we know helps people. We can try to find all these different drugs or methods or other things that help people. But the one thing that we can say for sure that definitely does help people is attention and the placebo effect. And I I don't think the implications of that can be just limited to child therapy or therapy in general, but it is definitely something that we can utilize that is 100% helpful and also is deep training for us as child therapists and as individuals in being able to hold sustained hope and being able to hold sustained attention of being able to hold curiosity and that goal and all and all of that staying in that kind of place and doing that inner work ourselves to be able to cultivate that place in ourselves so that place is easier for us to get to in sessions that's something i would love to have been a part of, say, my graduate school program or my trainings. Because while it's not a difficult thing to understand, it can be a difficult thing to cultivate. And I think it's important for all of us as adults with children to be able to recognize our trouble spots in holding that place of hope and holding our belief that this works. Maybe it's insecurity about the self. It could be any number of things. But being able to recognize where those trouble spots are and give them our attention and give them our focus because that can be a great benefit to us as healers and also just really as individuals trying to live our own lives as well. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. These episodes are created in the spirit of the gift, um, and so there's no pressure at all to to pay for them in any kind of way. But if you do feel pulled to do so, uh, there is a support the show link that takes you to a Patreon page. And if you'd like to see more of my work, uh, check out barnettchildtherapy.com. And if you want to get in touch, please do. I love hearing from people. Uh, My email is barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com. And yeah, I'll, I'll catch you all next time.